Minister, thanks for joining us on Hack. Pleasure. On a scale of 1 to 10, how flawed is your new system? I don't think it's flawed at all. What we're trying to do is just to ensure that people get the right payment that they're entitled to, no more and no less. Why are people who have reported their income correctly copying debt notices? Well, they're not copying debt notices. What occurs, Sarah, is that we do some checking um, after the year has passed. Now, what we check is to in, is we check the income which the individual uh, Centrelink recipient has supplied to us, and we check that against what the tax officer's income is for that person. If there is a discrepancy between those numbers, we then go back to the person and say, listen, there's a discrepancy here. Can you please explain why there's a discrepancy? In a lot of cases, that will be explained and no further action will be taken. If they can't explain that discrepancy, then a debt notice may be issued. Can we just go point by point? Because in that first instance, when they're notified of that discrepancy, I'm told by lots of people that this has happened to, that they're asked in the first instance, is this the amount that you earned in that year? These are the figures from the tax office. And they say, yes. Then they're issued a debt notice. So they're not told at that point that there could be other discrepancies. Isn't that flawed? Aren't they they not getting enough information at that point? That sounds unusual to me. Um, Effectively, these letters are generated because there is a discrepancy between uh, what those individuals have provided to Centrelink as to their income. And of course, their income levels determine what Centrelink payment they get in the level of that Centrelink payment. And that's compared to what the official tax office record is for them. But isn't the issue there that uh, students uh, put in their income fortnightly and that fortnightly income will fluctuate during the year and yet you're determining it based on the salary for the entire year? No, we're not determining it based on the salary for the entire year. We do interrogate the data on a um, a much more granular level. Now, uh, we're aware that some students, of course, they might work over summer and then they don't work throughout the year and consequently they might still Uh, receive their youth allowance or or study um, payments throughout the year. It's only if we then um, haven't explained and we haven't been able to get in contact um, with the individual to negotiate a a payback um, time, then a debt notice may be formally issued to them. It's clearly stated on the letter that you get 21 days to uh, provide that additional information to clarify why there might be a discrepancy between your tax office record and what you told us um, in order to justify your Centrelink payment. And if there is a discrepancy, then I think it's reasonable that we ask those individuals to explain that discrepancy. And if they cannot do that and they were overpaid um, because they didn't um, provide the, the right income details to us, then they will be issued with a debt notice and asked to pay back that money to the taxpayer. But just because they can't show that within 21 days doesn't necessarily mean they were overpaid. I mean, a lot of people say that they absolutely, they gave the information correctly at the time, but they don't have access to pay slips as far back as 2010. And so they can't prove they're innocent and then they end up paying what they don't owe. Don't you think that's unfair? Well, I can tell you from the uh, the, the figures which I've, been supplied by my department that 97.8% of the time people do not need to supply any supporting documentation. Nearly on every single occasion this can be uh, determined and your information updated online without having to go back and provide a payslip. Um, if you do need to provide, if you're in those one of the couple of percents that do need to provide that additional 
documentation. You could, for example, go back to your bank records, and your bank bank records may well have that information. And typically, you can get your bank records on online um, rather than trying to find a, a payslip from um, from a few years ago. There is several billions of dollars of overpayments, and we are trying to recoup that money for the benefit of the taxpayer. Could that system be improved? Oh, I think inevitably every system can be improved and we're constantly trying to improve it, um, um, Sarah. So, I mean, one of the things I would say is that the, the system at the moment where we, uh, in essence, after the events, we data match the information, the income information you provide to Centrelink versus what the official uh, tax office records are, that will be solved because we're investing a huge amount of money so that we can effectively take the income data in real time from the tax office to determine what your Centrelink payment should be. So in the very near future, um, that will occur with student payments where you won't have to provide the income. Um, data yourself will take it automatically from the tax office. Right now you're going after people who received Centrelink as far back as 2010, but next year you're going to extend that? We're not going further back. Is that a commitment that you won't go further back than 2010? We, we have no plans to do that. Are you going to put a pause on people's debt due dates over Christmas, given how hard it's going to be for them to prove what they earned when, you know, their ex-bosses are on holidays? It's very rare that people have to provide payslips, as I was saying before. When they get a letter, they've got 21 days. And if they feel as if they can't meet that 21-day requirement, then I encourage them to call Centrelink or drop into the Centrelink office and say, can I please get an extension? And if you've got a reasonable um, reason for that, then typically we'll get that extension. Yeah, but could we drill down into that? Because our listeners are telling us that they're being told that they need payslips. And that may be the case for that remaining 2%. I don't know. Um, I'm just referring to the data which um, which I've got in front of me that that is the case. Why are people being hit with a 10% recovery fee? I'm not aware of that. That's new to me, Sarah. Do you think that's appropriate? As I said, that's 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 new to me. It's, uh, yeah, we're, 10% we're... recovery fee is new to me. Sure, and but... I'm not, I don't believe that does occur. Well, uh, we can show you some examples, but I mean, do you think that it's appropriate that people should pay something on top of what they owe if they do owe something? Um, if they owe money to the government, then they should pay it back. We've, we're hearing stories from young people who are now being chased by debt collectors. How, how early do you, do you call the debt collectors in? So the debt collectors come in as a last resort. Um, when a person with a debt is no longer receiving a Centrelink payment, um, where we've been unable to contact the person and they've failed to make or maintain a, a recovery arrangement, people will be telephoned, there'll be letters which are sent to them, there might be emails sent to their say their MyGov account. What I would say that if people receive a letter from Centrelink, pay attention to it, read it carefully. If it says that there is a discrepancy, jump online and explain that discrepancy go into the Centrelink office if you need to or, or call them up and discuss it through with them. Um, we are simply finding out that there is a discrepancy between what they provided to Centrelink and what the tax office says their income was for that particular period of time.